From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Happy Monday. We are starting off the week strong and hot because we have a super stacked episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast for you today. We had a special Sunday episode yesterday that talked all about Against All Odds, the Impact Wrestling special on Impact Plus. Also talked about AEW and SmackDown Live from last Friday. But today's Monday edition, we're talking all about NXT's In Your House Takeover from last night. What a super stacked show that was that delivered in tenfold. It was an amazing show. We're also going to go into the Wrestling DeLorean and talk about the February 19th episodes of Monday Nitro and Monday Night Raw from 1996. Thank you for all the support. All our fans from all over the world. I'm talking about India, Germany, the UK, Canada, Taiwan, yo, Ireland. We we are all over the world, of course, represented here in the United States. Thank you so much for all the support. Follow along on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod and also now on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Yes, we have a TikTok now. So follow everywhere that we are. We appreciate all the love and support. Let's get into the super stack show like i said we got a lot to talk about so let's get into it right now baby what up y'all happy monday we have a stack stack show today so without further ado let's get into all that good shit now the talk of the wrestling world as at least in the independent scene right now is everything that's going on with matt cardona and nick gage if you don't know what's going on. Let me bring you up to speed. Uh, I don't know if one of Matt Cardona's tweets got misconstrued because he said that he wants to wrestle Nick Gage. Nick Gage took this as disrespect. Talked a lot of shit. You know what I mean? He, he was talking some funny shit on his Twitter machine. He was saying shit like, oh, well, you know, don't worry, Zack Ryder. You'll make it back to the WWE once you're done playing with your dolls and shit like that. Then at the last GCW event, we had a masked man run into the ring and he was acting like John Moxley because John Moxley has also been appearing randomly and attacking the GCW champion Nick Gage. And it looked like it was going to be John Moxley. He had the mannerisms of John Moxley, but the guy who drops Nick Gage unmasked and is none other than Matt Cardona, who looked like a sore thumb here having this guy who is a personified WWE superstar show up to this ultra-violent event. And Matt Cardona was really boasting all about dropping 
uh, what's called Nick Gage on his Instagram and posting a lot of pictures saying that he loves being hated and he loves his fans and people showing pictures of people like flipping him off. Just really soaking up being a heel here, being the anti GCW, the anti ultra violent guy who dropped the ultra violent icon Nick Gage. So that's been the talk of that. This past Saturday, I want to say, Matt Cardona and his podcast, the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, along with Brian Myers and Mark Sterling, held an event where there was like a bit of a convention and they had like this panel and they held an event for the podcast. It was like a live event for it where they had guests. They had guests in the wrestling figure world. They had guests in the uh, wrestling world itself. I know Jeff Jarrett was there. Um, And... Long and behold, surprise, surprise, Nick Gage finds his way into the event and he's trying to get at Matt Cardona. We have a big pull apart. We have security. This is this is a grassroots, real underground way of making a storyline that just seems so real. And I just want to say that this shit has really caught my attention. So I am excited to announce that they have announced it will be Matt Cardona versus Nick Gage on the next GCW event, and I'm pretty excited for it. Like, I I haven't seen much of Nick Gage. I heard his story. I saw him on the dark side of the ring, and I became instantly intrigued, heard more about him, saw him on uh, Chris Van Vliet's show. Shout-out to Chris Van Vliet. Check out his podcast. He does great things over there. I mean, if you listen to my show, I'm sure you already know who Chris Van Vliet is. And I'm sure you probably listen to Chris Van Vliet more than me. But I just want to give a shout-out to Chris and tell you guys to go check out his show. He has a great interview that really takes you into the life of Nick Gage and makes you see him in a different light, so to speak. So I'm really excited to see Nick Gage versus Matt Cardona. I think that that's going to be a phenomenal matchup, and it is really taking my attention. So I just wanted to say that has been what's been going down, and that's the major story of the independent wrestling world right now. Mark Henry's in the news. He says that he wants the wrestlers of AEW to tighten the screws a little bit. Watch the matches before them. And he thinks that that's what's going to get them better. He was on Raquel Paquette's oral sessions. And he was saying that that he wants the wrestlers of AEW to watch the match before them. If a wrestler does a tope, don't go out there doing a tope. Because there's too much repetition going on in AEW's matches. And I got to agree. There's too much repetition in the matches and there's just too much repetition in the storylines as well because I know Chris Jericho talked about this too. Like if AEW has a, oh, if we lose, the team breaks up, then the next storyline shouldn't be, oh, well, if you guys lose, the team breaks up. There's too many repetitive storylines during the same time period and it just doesn't, it takes the oomph out of the storylines, you know what I mean? So I think that it would only make sense if, there was more structure to AEW if there was a tightening of the screws, as I've been saying and Mark Henry been saying. And I think that, you know, that would make AEW an overall better show because AEW is a great show. We just need to tighten it up a little bit, cut out the repetition, and really, really bring these storylines home by making them unique. If we have more unique characters, more unique styles of wrestling, more unique matches, and more unique storylines, I think that that's what's going to make AEW an overall better show. Mark Henry was also in the news by saying that he would love to have Braun Strowman in AEW. And if you are unaware, 
It was Mark Henry who technically brought Braun Strowman to the WWE's attention, seeing him powerlift. There is a connection and there is a friendship between Mark Henry and Braun Strowman. If AEW pulls the trigger and brings Braun Strowman in, he is one of the biggest uh, stars in WWE's last like five, six years. That would be a huge needle turner, in my opinion, to bring in Braun Strowman, a former Universal Champion. A guy who literally just wrestled for the WWE World Heavyweight Champion a month ago. Can Mark Henry get it done? Can Mark Henry have Braun Strowman on AEW's roster? I think it makes sense. Having a guy like that really elevates the roster. He's a guy who can make your other guys. So I think that it makes sense. I think that having Mark Henry there, especially having a guy who has a personal relationship with the man, I think that does help the whole idea of bringing in Strowman. I hope it also helps the idea to Strowman to come into AEW. It was announced last night on NXT TakeOver that the next NXT big event will be live for free on Tuesday, July 6th. It will be the return of NXT's Great American Bash. Last year, the Great American Bash was a two-night show. This year is going to be a one-night show. They are not going up against AEW this year, which is a big plus for them. I think they're going to pop a big rating for the Great American Bash. It was the Great American Bash last year that saw Keith Lee beat Adam Cole and win the eight. well... Whoa, 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 wrong show. Win the NXT World Heavyweight Champion. So I would love to see what happens this year. Great American Bash has a lot of lineage to it. That has a lot of history to it. I'm talking about Sting versus Ric Flair in 88, I believe. I'm talking about years of just great action from the NWA and WCW. It is the brainchild of none other than the Thrills, baby. And I am excited to see the lineage and tradition of that show live on in NXT. So, that's the news and notes. We will be right back, and we will be talking all about last night's NXT TakeOver. So, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. 
Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about a an amazing show from last night, NXT TakeOver In Your House. This was a show that was filled with nostalgia and also filled with the stars of the future. So it is perfect for the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, if you know what I mean. We got to get into this show. I really, really enjoyed this. This was short and sweet, but to the point and packed a punch. This was a really, really good show from start to finish. And I don't think that there was one bad match on this show. So let's get into it right now. Let's get into all the action from NXT TakeOver In Your House. The first match of the night, we got Bronson Reed and MSK versus Legato de Fantasma. Like I said, this was for the North American champion and the tag team champion. So it is a double title match between all six men here. If any team wins, the tag team of the representative team will become the tag team champions. And the singles wrestler of the representative team will become the North American champion. So this match definitely brought the action early on here on this event. Lots of crazy-ass spots, lots of real big dominant moves and high-flying moves of Bronson Reed, who really looked like a megastar here. MSK just looked insane here. Wesley took a lot of the heat for the matchup. Um, Freaking Santos Escobar, man. Another star-making performance here. Real, really, really good matchup. Really good way to start off the show. I give it four out of five stars. Really enjoyed it. Bronson Reed and MSK pick up the victory. They retain all their titles. After this, we got the return of none other than Todd Pettengill from back in the Dizzy. And this seems just like an old school in your house pay-per-view. He's talking about the merch. He's talking about the WWE hotline. Really cool stuff here. He's talking about Zia Lee and Mercedes Martinez, which is the next matchup on this show. So let's get into that. Zia Lee versus Mercedes Martinez was a good matchup. Now, don't get me wrong when I say this. This was the weakest match on the show, but it doesn't mean it was a bad matchup. It was really good, and there was a lot of good action in this matchup. Both these women really are legit wrestlers, legit stars. And really put on a great matchup. Zia Lee picks up the victory. After the match, Mei Ying gets in, gets physical with uh, Mercedes Martinez. She puts on a death grip onto Mercedes and then tosses her. So it was really cool to see her finally get physical or get uh, what's called more involved in these matches. But yeah, really good matchup. Moving on. Oh, by the way, I give that one a 2.5 out of 5 stars. Moving on, we got the Million Dollar Ladder match. We got... Uh, what's it called? The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, he's out. We have LA Knight versus Cameron Grimes. This matchup is for the Million Dollar title. And it was a solid, solid ladder match. It was real homage to the old school ladder matches. I'm talking Sean and Razor, where they incorporated the ladder correctly. It wasn't all crazy ladder spots that didn't mean nothing. The ladder was incorporated for punishment only when it was necessary and made sense. LA Knight picks up the victory here. He wins the million dollar title. He he pulls down the glass briefcase that has the million dollar championship in it. Good matchup. Really good matchup. Three and a half out of five stars. Um, I thought that Cameron Grimes was going to win the title here, but... No, LA Knight picks up the victory. 
Really good matchup. Next, we have Pete Dunne and Karrion Cross brawling backstage. They're being broken up. William Regal tries to break it up. He looks just defeated. William Regal's been dealing with a lot of fuckery on this show the last couple weeks with all the craziness that's going on. He looks absolutely defeated. But next we have the women's world title match. We have Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon. Another really good matchup here. Uh, Dakota Kai interfered in this matchup. Shotzi Blackheart, even the odds. Really good matchup, like I said. Raquel Gonzalez retains the NXT Women's Champion. I think that she was definitely elevated by Ember Moon, and I really enjoyed this matchup. So, another good victory for Raquel Gonzalez as her stock continues to rise here in NXT. Um, I give this matchup a 2.5 out of 5 stars. It, it wasn't bad, it wasn't amazing, but it was definitely solid. And like I said, there's a lot of solid wrestling on this show. Next, Todd Pettingale is seen backstage with Dexter Loomis, and they're playing Karate Fighters. This is straight out of 1995. Especially, we were just doing the fight for uh, Monday night, which we have later on on this episode. And they're talking about Karate Fighters sponsoring the show. So, real throwback stuff here, real nostalgia. That's what this podcast eats up, because this podcast is about incorporating nostalgia with the current product. So this this type of show is just perfect for us. Next we get the main event. Fatal Five Way for the NXT champion. It is Karrion Cross defending his world title against Pete Dunne, Johnny Gargano, Kyle O'Reilly, and Adam Cole, baby. And this match was absolute balls to the wall. Bat shit insane. If there was ever a time to chant fight forever. Oh by the way by the way, before further, before we go any further with this show, there was actually a crowd here. And, you know, the crowd was asleep during some matches, but they definitely were fired up for this main event. It was great to have a crowd back. You want to talk about nostalgia? Ha! It seemed like forever since we've seen an actual crowd at NXT, and this was awesome to see the crowd back and incorporated during this show. I hope that they continue to have crowds going forward. I hope that NXT this Tuesday has a crowd because I think that we are past the point of having screens and virtual fans. Like, let's get people back in the venues, you know what I mean? Karrion Cross got double-teamed a lot in this match. He was double-teamed by Gargano and Pete Dunne. He was double-teamed by the uh, brief reuniting of O'Reilly and Adam Cole. A lot of good action in this matchup. Everyone got a lot of shine. Everyone got a lot of crazy spots in. This delivered and had the heart and feel of your classic NXT TakeOver uh, world title main event, so it really fit right in, and it was an amazing, amazing match. We had a crazy spot where Karrion Cross just barely kicked out of the bitter end by um, Pete Dunne. We had a crazy spot where Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole double team Karrion Cross and put him through the table with a double team power bomb. Just crazy, crazy action here. In the end, though, Karrion Cross he picks up the victory when he chokes out. Kyle O'Reilly with the cross jacket submission hold. Kyle O'Reilly passes out. He can't answer the call. So Karrion Cross is still your NXT World Heavyweight Champion. Great, great match that ends off a great show. But we are not done yet. But before I get into the final little itty bitty segment of this show. I want to say that I'm giving this match a 4.5 out of 5 stars. It was an absolute phenomenal matchup. Definitely up there for match of the year so far this year because 
we're we're halfway done with the year and there's been a lot of crazy matches. It's not quite match of the year in my opinion yet, but it definitely is a candidate, maybe top three, maybe top four. Really good matchup here. We end the show though with William Regal walking out. He gets uh, stopped by the interviewer and she asks how William Regal is feeling. William Regal says that he's never seen so much bedlam and he never seen so much craziness all his time as NXT GM, and it's time for a change. He looked like he had a tear in his eye. I don't know what this leads to, but it's definitely a crazy cliffhanger to end off the show. Uh, does this lead to William Regal walking away as GM? I hope not, because I really like William Regal as the GM of NXT. Does this lead to another enforcer? Does this lead to a change of environment? Does this lead to William Regal uh, running NXT with more of an iron fist? We'll see what happens, but I'm definitely intrigued, and I love the fact that NXT ends their pay-per-views sometimes with cliffhangers to make you want to tune into the show the next week. I really am excited for NXT this Tuesday to see if there's any changes that were implemented. I'm excited to see if there's uh, fans still in the venue, and I'm very excited to see who Karrion Cross's next opponent will be for the NXT champion because... He just ran through half of the top names in NXT. So who is ready to take that spot? It's not Cole. It's not O'Reilly. It's not Dunn. It's not Gargano. It's not Balor. He just ran through everybody. Maybe the return of Samoa Joe. Yesterday on the special Sunday edition of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, I said that it was announced that Samoa Joe was in the Performance Center. He is, right now it's all but confirmed that he's going to be brought back to NXT, which would be phenomenal. In a wrestling capacity, and I would love, 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 love if we get Karrion Cross versus Samoa Joe. That, in my mind, is an absolute phenomenal, phenomenal matchup. And Styles make matches, and I think their styles match up really well. So if it is indeed Samoa Joe, I, I'm going to eat that right up. I don't know. This is all speculation. That's just my opinion. This show is absolutely phenomenal. I'm giving this show four out of five stars. Great, great show. It definitely is up there with show of the year. Um, Double or Nothing was a great show as well. This and Double or Nothing are neck and neck, in my opinion, for show of the year. What a great pay-per-view here for NXT. Their takeovers always deliver, and this one is no different. So, definitely, if you didn't check out NXT TakeOver in your house from this past Sunday, then make sure you go out of your way to check it out now. To end off the show, we are going to be going back in time. The Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. You better strap in your seatbelt, motherfuckers. We're going back in time to February 19th, 1996. It is WCW Monday Nitro versus WWF Monday Night Raw. And we have two stacked shows. We have a world title match on WCW. We have a great main event on WWF Raw. We have... A lot to talk about. So, we'll be right back with all the action from 1996's February 19th episodes of Raw and Nitro. So, let's get into the Wrestling DeLorean. We'll be right back. Welcome to another edition of the Fight for Monday Night. We go back in time and dive deep into 
the Monday Night War every Monday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. We will be going episode by episode comparing WCW Nitro versus WWF Raw from that particular night, including all the pay-per-views. So if you are tuning in for the first time, this is the February 19th episodes of Raw and Nitro. WWF is off the heels off of a big in-your-house event that has a lot of implications towards WrestleMania 12. And Nitro has a feud between the Mega Powers and the Four Horsemen, so let's get into it right now. We had a big, big, big show for WCW Nitro. That doesn't necessarily mean that it was a good show. It was just a stack show. So... February 19th, WCW Nitro, we had the show start out with what was a rematch from last week. Arn Anderson being accompanied by Woman versus the Immortal Hulk Hogan. Uh, this matchup was okay, nothing special. Hulk Hogan, he um, got stabbed in the eye last week by Miss Elizabeth's high heel, which led to Arn Anderson picking up the victory. Hulk Hogan wants a rematch, and this is it right here. They have good action, okay chemistry with each other, but they didn't really mesh too well. Hulk Hogan puts in the figure for a leg lock in the end instead of hitting the leg drop. And this leads to Woman getting involved and Kevin Sullivan, the Taskmaster, getting involved, which leads to Randy Savage coming out. We have a big brawl. The brawl leads to a DQ. So, no finish to start off the show. And at this time, both Raw and Nitro are very guilty of having way too many false finishes on these shows. Not false finishes, fuck finishes. Fuck finishes. DQs, countouts, just the bullshit. You know, and it's like... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It's annoying. It's an, it's it's annoying. But and like I said, it's not like oh they're waiting for the pay per views to have the finishes because that's bullshit. Because both shows are guilty of having the same DQs, and countouts, and fuck finishes during pay per views as well. So this was just not a good time period for finishes for neither company. 
Um, next we get Lachnan. Oh, by the way, that matchup, in my opinion, gets a one out of five stars. Next we have Alex Wright versus Loch Ness, the monster Loch Ness from the UK. Former, uh, the former giant haystacks. Uh, Loch Ness picks up the victory. Another nothing matchup. Next we have Finley, who's going by the Belfast Bruiser. He goes against Brad Armstrong. This matchup was good. Finley picks up the victory. Um, where where's where's all the talented wrestlers? Not saying these wrestlers aren't talented. That sounded really fucked up. Like Finley's a fucking amazing wrestler. Rest in peace, Brad Armstrong, amazing wrestler. Arnold Anderson. But I mean, like, where's all the Where's all the uh, Eddie Guerrero's and the Mr. JL's and Sabu's and Chris Benoit's and Dean Malenko's and Conan's that we've seen on past episodes of Nitro? What I'm trying to say here is these shows were sprinkled in with amazing wrestling and star power. The last couple weeks on Nitro, we've been getting star power, but not so good wrestling. And it's, it's definitely hurting because the wrestling's been real lackluster between some of these bigger name stars... And it used to not hurt so bad because we would always be treated to a Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero or Dean Malenko matchup in between. But we're not treated to these matches right now. So it's been a little hard to sit through. Main event time, we have Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ric Flair for the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. They're throwing on a world title match here to compete against WWF Raw. And this matchup was okay. Not too bad, not too good. Ric Flair picks up the victory in the end with the help of Miss Elizabeth and Kevin Sullivan. Too much freaking interferences on this show. It's happening a lot more often. Not a good time period for WCW, I gotta say. Ric Flair retains his title. After the match, Hulk Hogan is out. The Dungeon of Doom is out. They're attacking Hogan, Flair. Uh, not, not Flair, Hogan and Savage. The Four Horsemen are out. They jump in. They're just destroying Hogan and Savage, which leads to... The former Zodiac, the former Brutus the Barber Beefcake, now going by Booty Man. And I, I'm not I'm not happy to say his name, Booty Man. Which by the way is by ugh, one of the fucking worst names ever. How do you go and call yourself Booty Man? On national television and take yourself serious and have Hulk Hogan be like me and the booty man now now shit done like shut up booty man is a threat here booty man clears the ring booty man takes out the WCW world title this is the stupidest shit ever Afterwards, Hulk Hogan gets on the mic. He gets in Eric Bischoff's face and he says, next week, make the matchup. Sullivan, Flair, and Arn Anderson versus Savage, Hogan, and Booty Man in a six-man tag match. Which one of these names don't belong there? Which one of these people don't fit in? Hogan, Flair, Savage, Anderson, Sullivan, Booty Man. Fuck WCW. Episode sucked ass. Point five stars out of five. Point five stars out of five. Fuck this show. They were up against WWF's Monday Night Raw from February 19th. This show better be good. Because after sitting through that shit. 
I'm just saying this show better be good or we we, we might be canceling this segment. <laughs> All right, we got starting out the show. We have Fallout from In Your House. We got to see a recap of Shawn Michaels beating Owen Hart, a recap of Undertaker interfering in the Bret Hart Diesel cage match and sucking Diesel down to hell. Pause. We got to see the Razor Ramon X Pac or One Two Three Kid match, the Baby Powder match, whatever the fuck they called it. Razor Ramon starts out the show against Goldust. Really good matchup here. Great chemistry between these guys and some crazy ass spots. Razor Ramon hitting the fallaway slam to Goldust to the outside. Uh, Goldust doing a backdrop on Razor Ramon to the outside. Just really good action. This matchup alone, besides the finish, this matchup alone was better than anything that was on WCW Nitro. So already, I'm okay. But Razor Ramon hits the backdrop on Goldust. Goldust is outside. He says he doesn't want no more Razor. So he just walks out. He walks out. He gets counted out. Razor Ramon gets on the mic. He says, Hey, Chico, listen to me. You think I'm sexy? You think I look good? Well, I am sexy. But not for you, for the ladies, man. And guess what? I heard Roddy Roddy Piper is the new GM. Roddy Piper. Make the matchup. Goldust. Razor Ramon. I want Goldust ass. I don't want my kids watching stuff like that on the television. Goldust don't belong on TV. So Piper, you make the matchup, man. Or I'm coming for you, Chico. That was a horrible, horrible impression. But basically, that's basically what Razor Ramon said during this segment. <laughs> Next, we got a matchup. It was supposed to be the Body Donnas versus Aldo Montoya and Barry Horowitz. And this matchup never even happened because Vader comes out and he absolutely destroys Aldo Montoya and Barry Horowitz. And it is announced that it will be Vader versus Yokozuna at WrestleMania. I'm intrigued. It was then also announced that the Ultimate Warrior will be returning very soon here. I am not going to give away any spoilers if you are unaware of Ultimate Warrior's uh, run here in 1996. But we act like we don't know what's going on here. So I'm excited. Bring on the Warrior. Next, we have the Ringmaster, Steve Austin versus Marty Jannetty. The ringmaster picks up the victory. He wins with the Million Dollar Dream, which is so ironic that we were just talking about the return of the Million Dollar Champion and Stone Cold Steve. Well, he's not Stone Cold Steve Austin here yet. He is the ringmaster. He is the current Million Dollar Champion. We next get, we next get a vignette for Mankind. Really intriguing stuff. So I'm excited to see like some of the stars of the stars who become the biggest stars in WWF history actually about to make their debuts on this show. We have Mankind, McFoley. We have Stone Cold Steve Austin on this show. So this these shows are getting a whole lot better. By the way, it's blowing WCW Nitro out the fucking water. We have Tatanka versus Undertaker in the main event. During the matchup, Diesel is seen backstage with a sledgehammer. He's destroying the Undertaker's funeral home and his uh, casket that supposedly uh, Jerry the King Law says Undertaker sleeps in. Very weird stuff. Undertaker beats Tatanka with the tombstone. He makes quick work of Tatanka. And he runs backstage to go get Diesel. We next get a mock uh, Larry King. His name is Larry Fling. He's uh, interviewing 
Billionaire Ted. And I got to say, these Billionaire Ted skits are really starting to grow on me. This was great. Billionaire Ted is called in by the Nacho Man and Larry Flink says this is not a Rogaine commercial, so bye-bye. Then he calls in by the Huckster. Huckster's talk about he needs a day off because he got hit with the lady's high heel, which is totally playing off the fact of Miss Elizabeth stabbing Hulk Hogan in the eye with the high heel last week on Nitro. So it looks, it's funny that WWF is taking these shots and, you know, they can't say that they're running their own race because they literally are commenting on storylines that are happening in WCW. So I thought this was funny. This was actually entertaining. And it, it will be the Nacho Man versus the Huckster at WrestleMania 12. <laughs> Show ends with backstage with Undertaker. He's looking for Diesel. He sees his damaged up casket. And he's just pissed off. You got Paul Bear in the background. No! No! The Undertaker's like pissed off. He's looking for Diesel. Really good episode of Raw. Um, I could have done better. It would have done better without the uh, count out finishes and the non-wrestling. But I really enjoyed what we did get on this show. And I'm giving this show a 3 out of 5 stars. I enjoyed it. It blew Nitro out the water. So on this week, February 19th, 1996, my opinion, Monday Night Raw beats Monday Nitro on the fight for Monday night. There you have it, folks. I hope everyone has a great day. I hope everyone enjoys Monday Night Raw tonight. And tune in tomorrow for a new episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Not only will we we'll be talking about Raw, but we'll be going back in time and talking about the TNA Asylum Years. It is episode 6 of the NWA TNA Asylum Years. We got Sabu versus Ken Shamrock. And we have a fallout between Jerry Lynn and AJ Styles. So tune in for that. Thank you, everybody, who follows along on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Thank you for rating, subscribing, reviewing. Thank you for all our fans from all over the world. Thank you for following on Instagram and TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. I hope everyone has a great day. Make sure you download this episode and make sure you download the episode tomorrow of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. One love, ladies and gentlemen. Stay strong. Stay healthy. Stay positive. Peace out. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 